Good morning, everybody. For those of you who don't know, my name's Karen, and I shall be your host this morning. So good to see so familiar, so many familiar spaces. With the light shining in my eyes, I can't really see where you're all sitting. But it's also great because I can see a number of guests and visitors amongst us. You're so welcome. We're so glad that you've decided to come and join us this morning and hope that you have a, an amazing time. Our children's work, The Source, normally that's for ages naught to school year nine. But this week, our older group, Delta, the year nines, are going to be us serving us. And there's got a couple over on the welcome team, on the refreshments team, and a number of them working on the children's teams downstairs, which is absolutely amazing. And uh, make them feel welcome. Go and say hello to them, go and encourage them, go and bless them, because they're really a key part of our family here. A little bit later for the rest of the children, Ben will tell you when to go down to your various groups where you will have an amazing time, because I know the leaders have been working on that for you all week. And parents, we would just ask that you do actually take your children to those groups and make sure they get signed in. That'd be really helpful for everybody. If you don't know where to go with your children, if you're a guest or a visitor, then if you go over to the door over to my right, your left, and follow the crowd. Somebody will tell you where you need to go when you get down the stairs. So as I was preparing for this morning, and vaguely knowing where Chris might be going with his preach a little bit later, I just hope I haven't pinched any of his um, what he's going to say a bit later. Um, but if, he, if it does, that's great, because we then know God's speaking to us. I was led to 1 Corinthians 12 in the NLV version. And it says, and this is a bit paraphrased, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Each of us, that's everybody in this room, from the very youngest to the very oldest. To one person, the spirit gives the ability to give wise advice, a message of special knowledge or a word of knowledge, great faith, a gift of healing, the power to perform miracles, the ability to prophesy, the ability to discern whether a message is from God or somewhere else, the ability to speak in unknown languages, which is tongues, the ability to interpret that. And we believe that all of that is available to us today. Wouldn't it be great that we had contribution after contribution of words of knowledge, of prophecy, of tongues, whatever that might look like, during our morning meeting. We just so want and so need that Holy Spirit. So as we come together today, let's be asking, God, what do you want me to do today? How do you want me to be involved? It's not a passive thing as we gather together. We're all in it together. We can encourage one another and bless one another as, as we share God with one another. And then if you do feel that you have something to bring, might be even a story, a testimony as to what God's done with you, for you in the last week or so. Please come and check it out with Andrew, who is our responsible elder this morning, and myself, and we're trying to put you into the meeting somewhere. And if it's a prayer or a Bible verse, we all love to hear that. So it'd be really helpful if you came and used the microphone, because if you're anything like me, I'm a bit deaf, so I wouldn't hear it and wouldn't be able to join in with that. So. I'm going to conclude now, and I'm going to hand you over to Ben, who's going to lead us in our sung time of worship together. So let's come and praise and worship the living God. Thank you, Ben. 
Thanks, Karen. It's lovely to see you all this morning. Please do stand uh, if you're able, and uh, we'll start this time of worship.
declare that you are holy. There is no one like you. You alone are worthy of our praise and our adoration this morning. So, Lord, we lift up these songs to you now, these prayers, these shouts of praise. It's all for you.
forgiveness, Lord. We thank you for your amazing grace. It's now that time of the service where our children and young people are going to be heading out. Lord, we thank you for them. We thank you for all those folk that are helping with them this morning. We pray your blessing upon them.
ditches along the road um, to take away the water. Now they don't do this because they've got a, an excess of funding, would you believe? They actually do it because they need to do it because the, it clears the water from the road, which makes it dangerous. And of course there's houses as well and all that. You've seen the pictures of the floods. Um, and I just felt that we're all here nice and cosy and friendly and warm this morning praising God. But sometimes we don't feel that way, do we? We feel all blocked up. We're here for some reason or another. But God is our saviour this morning. And he wants to clear us. And he wants to put Holy Spirit back in our lives again. He wants to help us to feel one of his children. Maybe you don't feel one of his children this morning. Maybe you're just a back row, kind of out the way kind of person this morning, want to get in and want to get out, but God actually wants to, because he loves you this morning, he does love you, and he wants to fill you this morning with his spirit, just take some time to repent this morning, and ask Jesus to fill you, and if you want to have a talk, and a pray, people will be available at the end, on the side, for you to do that, God bless you. Yes, Lord, we so wish to be filled with your spirit this morning. We lay ourselves before you. We say, come, Holy Spirit, get rid of the dirt and the muck and everything else that's blocking the channels to allow you to move within us, Lord. We ask that your spirit would just come and presence itself over each and every person here, that those who have been filled before will be filled again, filled anew, not just to the brim, but to overflowing, to those that have never been filled. We pray, Lord God, that you would come and fill them this morning. 
We pray that lives would be transformed and changed as a consequence of allowing your spirit to do what you want to do within each one of us, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit, we pray. Come and present yourself on us now, we pray. As we just go in one more song before we hand over to Chris, let's just be hungry to ask the God to fill us anew. He can never overfill us. He will fill us to full capacity. Let's not restrict him in any way, but let's be open channels for the love of God loves to meet with his people. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Savior and my God, with Christ my Savior. 
Tomorrow evening sees the start of a prayer ministry training uh, course. It's just three evenings every other Monday evening from tomorrow. And I really want to encourage you to consider coming along. I believe that this year God wants to begin to do some miracles here. At the beginning of uh, the service, Karen read out a list of spiritual gifts. And I don't know whether you identified with any of those. But those are the sorts of things that you can learn to experience on this course. Come along, be part of it. God wants to do some really great things this year and we want to equip you to pray and to minister to others. It's not difficult because God is the one who does the work. Please think about coming. Thank you. Good morning. I'm Chris. Last uh, summer, I visited uh, Lincoln. It was only very briefly because I was driving through it on my way up to York. Now, for those of you who don't know, and I know some of you know very well, uh, Lincoln is uh, a historic city. Uh, it's got winding streets uh, in the, and ancient buildings uh, in, the, in the center at its heart. Um, and I decided I was going to locate the cathedral it's fairly obvious. It's a large, ornate, Gothic-style building. Uh, it's nearly a 1,000 years old. It's set on a hill, and it towers above the buildings around it. So it should be easy to find. I'd never been to Lincoln before, and as I drove around the unfamiliar roads, um, in the heart of the city, I was trying to avoid no entry signs and pedestrian zones and delivery vans and shoppers and tourists dashing across the road. And I was trying to make sure that I was in the right lane of traffic and all that sort of stuff. And I managed to miss the cathedral and meander around. And I was going around these quaint streets and I ended up back where I started about 10 minutes before. Eventually I did succeed. Uh, in driving right up to the cathedral as I wanted. But it did make me think, why didn't I let the voice of a sat-nav guide me along these unfamiliar roads? I mean, am I stubborn, you know, or, or, or overconfident, or proud, or just foolish? You don't actually have to answer that. <laughs> um, or I could tell you about the time when, as a teenager, I didn't follow the recipe when I was cooking my competition entry fruit cake, and I just ended up throwing in various ingredients to, and just hoping. Well, the judges, they were politely kind about the effort that I'd put in. <laughs> that was about it. Um, this term, our program is entitled Step Up, uh, sorry, Step In, Step Up, Step Out. 
uh, and we're looking to draw lessons from the laments recorded in the Old Testament book of Lamentations. Now, a lament, it's a, it's a weeping, it's a crying out, uh, it's a complaint, it's a protest, uh, it's a regret. And for today's talk in this series, uh, I've been given some really quite heartening words, some of the plum words in the middle of Lamentations. And we will come on to those. But to understand their significance, I think we need to revisit the context in which they were written. So, buckle down, we're going to go through a whistle-stop tour. So right at the beginning of the Bible, uh, in Genesis, God tells us about the creation and establishing his people and the covenants, these are the promises that he made, the agreements he had with them, and his chosen people and his descendants, uh, and the descendants of Jacob, who he called Israel, ended up in Egypt. Uh, and they were there for 400 years, uh, and they, had, they were under slavery there. And then God set his people free, and we read about the Exodus as he set the people of Israel free and headed to the land that he promised to give them. But the people are rebellious. So rather than going straight to the land, and as a consequence of this rebellion, they end up wandering around in the desert for 40 years before they enter the land that he's promised them. Now, during the time that they're wandering around in the desert, God gives them instructions you can read all the law in Leviticus and Numbers, instructions on how to live as honest and just and faithful and united people made in the image of God, keeping themselves pure and holy, how to resolve issues which arise and, and giving due respect to God who is holy, who made everything and who leads and provides and protects them. Jesus summarised it when he said, summarized all this law when he said love the lord your god with all your heart with all your soul and with all your mind and the second commandment love your neighbor as yourselves all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments so as the people of israel uh, come to the end of this time of wandering around in the desert uh, and just before his death moses gives a great speech now, it's a long speech um, uh, it, it takes up all 34 chapters of the book of Deuteronomy. And he's speaking to a generation that didn't have first-hand experience of the time in Egypt, that, uh, that didn't have that first-hand experience of God's miraculous intervention. And Moses recounts to them the great things that God did to bring them to this point. And significantly, Moses uh, relates to them the, the blessings which follow from keeping this covenant relationship with God, this promise between God and his people, and also the consequences of breaking it. And he says to them, if you fully obey the Lord your God and you carefully follow all his commands that I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations on earth. All these blessings will come on you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. You'll be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. And he lists a whole load of blessings that will come upon the people of God through their obedience. However, he then goes on. If you do not obey the Lord your God, 
and do not carefully follow all his commands and decrees I'm giving you today, all these curses will come on you and overtake you. You'll be cursed in the city and cursed in the country. And he, and, and he then lists a whole load of things that will go wrong for the people of Israel. And he says, the Lord will drive you and the king you set over you to a nation unknown to you or your ancestors. There you will worship other gods, gods of wood and stone. So Moses is outlining the consequences related to obedience or to disobedience. And so then over the next 350 years or so, the people ebb and flow in their, in their relationship with God. They drift away from God and they come back to him. They rebel against him and then they seek his forgiveness and his favour. And so the cycle repeats. And as, repeat, uh, as Israel repeatedly breaks their covenant with God, they then become subject to other nations and they cry out to God for help and deliverance. And God steps in and helps them. And he gives them leaders who are called judges. Uh, and this includes the likes of Deborah and Gideon. And through them and their dependence of God, on God, God delivers them. And yet again, Israel turns its back on God. And so the cycle repeats again. And then rather than embracing God as their leader, the people of Israel cry out to have a king. They're trying to emulate the nations around them. And so God, through the prophet Samuel, anoints a king, and that is Saul. However, in due course, Saul takes things into his own hands, and rather than trusting in God, he isn't faithful to God. So God appoints another king to rule Israel, David, a man after his own heart, who later... Um, who later is succeeded by his son, Solomon. Now, Solomon, well, he started well because he asked God for wisdom instead of wealth, and he oversaw the building of the great temple of God. And after this, this impressive temple uh, had been dedicated to God, the Lord speaks to Solomon, and he gives him words that echo what Moses said the Lord says, as for you, if you walk before me faithfully as David your father did and do all I command and observe my decrees and laws, I'll establish your royal throne as I covenanted with David your father when I said you shall never fail to have a successor rule over Israel. But if you, in the plural, if you turn away and forsake the decrees and commands I've given you, and go off to serve other gods and worship them, then I'll uproot Israel from my land, which I've given them, and will reject this temple, which I've consecrated for my name. I'll make it a byword and an object of ridicule among all peoples. This temple will become a heap of rubble. All who pass by will be appalled and will say, why has the Lord done such a thing to this land and to this temple? And people will answer, because they've forsaken the Lord, the God of their ancestors, who brought them out of Egypt and have embraced other gods, worshipping and serving them. That's why he's brought all this disaster on them. The same warning. 
But sadly, over time, Solomon and the people of Israel also neglect their relationship with God. They sideline God. They're distracted from God by wealth and by pride, by success, perhaps by being over-familiar with him. So when Solomon dies, there's division among the 12 clans uh, of Israel, uh, and the nation splits into two. What was one nation now becomes two, Judah and Israel. And then throughout the books of Kings and Chronicles, we trace the account of the kings of Israel and Judah over about 450, 500 years. And again, sadly, many of these kings don't submit to following God's leading. They become proud, focused on self rather than God. And as they ignore and disobey and disconnect from God, so they cause most of their people to abandon God too. So the nation's divided in two. The people turn away from God. And then eventually both Israel and Judah are conquered by foreign empires Israel by the Assyrians, Judah by the Babylonians. God provides various prophets, including Isaiah and Micah and Jeremiah, to warn the people and their kings. And then in Judah, almost all the people are forced into exile in Babylon. Destruction is brought on Jerusalem and the temple by the conquering forces. Sound familiar? So that's a high level, uh, fairly rapid run through of the circumstances that lead up to this point. The fulfillment of God's judgment on his people, as he said. So it's following this exile to Babylon and the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple that these five poetic laments are written, possibly by Jeremiah the prophet, certainly by one of the small remnant left in Judah, sitting within the sad, the eerie, the empty, abandoned ruins. And these laments acknowledge the disastrous way in which God's people have related to God and the consequences they've experienced. They're bemoaning that they hadn't listened to God when he was warning them again and again, and they cry out to address their sorrow and grief and to take them to repentance and ultimately back to the good relationship with God that they should have. And so now we arrive at the third, at lem the third um, lament in the Book of Lamentations, which starts in a similar vein. He cries out, I am a man who has seen affliction by the rod of the Lord's wrath. Now, there's a risk for us when we look back at events in the past. See, because it, it can be easy to be wise after the event. Uh, we can have the benefit of hindsight. Uh, we can see the obvious folly of others from our distanced viewpoint. And actually, after all, looking at someone else's predicament, particularly through the benefit of time, well, that's easier than facing our own predicament today. So the big question is, how do we avoid ending up like the peoples of Israel and Judah at the beginning of Lamentations? And how do we deepen and grow our relationship with God now? 
Last week, Andrew spoke about repentance. The people of Israel uh, had missed out on what it meant to be as a distinctive people, and they had gradually merged into the crowd of the people around them. And so we were challenged to be a distinctive people, to examine ourselves, to return to God, to step out in relational obedience. How have we got on? Incidentally, that wasn't a challenge just for last week. That's a challenge, uh, an invitation, an encouragement for this week too. And next week. And the week after. A challenge to this lifestyle of relational obedience. So anyway, amidst the despair and the crying out, the lament following generations and centuries of rebellion, and having seen the affliction of the Lord's wrath, even so, the writer says, yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. It's good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. And as I've been thinking about this, I've been conscious of the description of God's character which occurs in numerous places in the Bible. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. It's actually how God describes himself to Moses when they meet at the burning bush. This is how Joel describes God when he exhorts the people to rend their hearts, not their garments, and return to the Lord. This is how God is described in several psalms, uh, including Psalm 103, Psalm 145. Yes, the Lord is gracious. He gives us so much that we don't deserve. Yes, the Lord is compassionate. He's sensitive to, he's concerned about the plight, the misfortune, the suffering, the pain, the injustice, the predicament of others, and he does something about it. And we read of Jesus' compassion for the crowds, the sick, the lost, the hungry, and so on. And yes, the Lord is slow to anger. It says he's slow to anger. Not that he doesn't get angry. His anger is controlled. It's not volatile, impetuous, erratic, or inconsistent. God is holy and righteous. And he does get angry, albeit slowly. 
And we see throughout the Bible what stirs his wrath. Sin, injustice, untruth. God is not bland and ineffective. We can't pull the wool over his eyes. He's not a soft touch who avoids doing anything or saying anything that might cause offence. What I'm saying is, let us take God seriously. We've seen that the people, that God's people didn't always do that. And actually, if like me, you've been a Christian uh, for a long time, then let's not confuse being intimate with God with a presumptuous disrespect for Almighty God that arises from familiarity. Let's not become casual or distracted. So we return to the earlier question. How do we avoid ending up like the, the people of Israel and Judah and deepen our and grow our relationship with God? I'm always intrigued by the person of Peter. He was a fisherman who met Jesus. At times he was clumsy and foolish. At times he was unbelieving or just didn't understand. At times he was hot-headed and frustrated. At times he said things he regretted. He even denied Jesus. Peter knew that he was a sinful man. But he also recognised and he acknowledged that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And so after Jesus had been crucified and died and was buried and rose to life again, when the day of Pentecost came and Peter, along with others, was filled with the Holy Spirit, he was transformed. And so Peter then stood up before the amazed and the perplexed crowd and the mockers within the crowd. And he quoted the prophet Joel. He said, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And hear this. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So to draw this together... <clears throat> As we're reminded in the New Testament uh, letter to the church in Rome, 
the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And we've seen the serious consequences of sin on the people of Israel and Judah. Now, Jesus described himself as the good shepherd, guiding and guarding and providing and laying down his life for his sheep. And also as the gate for the sheep. Jesus said, whoever enters through me will be saved. And he went on, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. We all need to be saved from sin and its consequences. Jesus made a way. As we heard, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And again, Jesus promised, if you love me, keep my commands and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate, a helper, a counsellor, to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. And we read about the Holy Spirit in another New Testament letter, this time to the Galatian church. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And look, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Those are what we receive. Patience, kindness, goodness. That's what we give. Faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's how we are. So receive God's Holy Spirit and keep on receiving his Holy Spirit. He will guard, guide, enrich, and empower us to live life to the full. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Let's respect God and take him seriously. He offers us a way for us to be saved. What amazing grace, as we sang earlier. And because of Jesus, we can come confidently into God's presence. And he offers us his Holy Spirit. So let's receive him for our benefit and for others. As always, there will be an opportunity to pray with someone if you want to over in this part of the room uh, later in our time together. Thank you, Chris. We're just going to have another song just to help us deep, dig deep into what he shared with us this morning. Thank you, Ben.
gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. And the Lord. just stay standing in his presence a moment right at the beginning of this morning Karen was encouraging us to use spiritual gifts to encourage and strengthen one another and then Chris came and brought a word uh, to, God wanted to clear out the ditches to allow his spirit to flow in our lives 
and uh, and even then uh, Christine's encouragement about ministry that uh, what, what, what she was really getting at there was actually sensing something that's the move of God in our church at the moment and let's be equipped and enabled to do that and to follow him and then we have Chris's encouragement let's be people who walk by the spirit who live life led by the spirit who uh, helps us to walk in life and godliness I just want to encourage us let's just pause here in the presence of God Let's welcome his spirit. Spirit of God, we love you. We welcome you in our lives. Oh, reveal where we've strayed and where we need to resolve things in our hearts and lives with you. Oh, Spirit of God, come and show that to us. Help us to see that. And yet within that, we also ask, draw us closer to our Father, that we'd know his grace and mercy, that we'd know his love. As we've been singing, you are great, loving and compassionate. Oh God, we thank you for that. That's you. We thank you. Our sin can be dealt with at the cross. Come, Spirit of God. Minister to us. Quicken our hearts where we need to address things. More, more of your spirit, Lord. We love you, Spirit of God. We welcome you. Draw us to your Father, to our Father. in love, rich in mercy. Thank you, you love us, Lord. I want to say we love you too. Pour more of your love in our lives, Lord. Pour your love into our lives. Quicken our hearts and minds, our spirits to you. That sin will become so less attractive because you become so more attractive. More, Lord. Let's just uh, lift our voices and sing to God. Just, you may have a simple phrase you want to sing to God. The band's just going to play a bit of background music to help us, but let's lift our voices and tell us, tell him how much we love him. Maybe a simple phrase. It may be something like, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. You may want to use other languages if you've got the gift of tongues or your own uh, birth language, whatever that may be. Let's just sing out to him and tell him we love him. We love
Just as we've poured out our hearts in worship, now let's just receive his spirit. Fill us afresh, Father. Fill us afresh with your spirit. Quicken our hearts to your love. We ask for more, Lord, more of your spirit. Let's welcome him. Let's receive him. Thank you, Father. It's a good gift you give us. meeting in a moment to a conclusion but I just want to encourage you if, if you want more if you know there's something more to receive yet head down to the blue wall this corner and there'll be folks available there to pray with you you may want prayer for something completely different that's fine it may be prayer for healing or other things uh, those folks who are part of our prayer team if you're happy to pray for someone head down there and uh, let's pray for those folks let's bless them and equip uh, and help to meet with God Karen's just got a couple of announcements as we finish Wow, follow that. It doesn't end there. God is still here. And you know what? It doesn't matter where we're at. We may not feel ready to receive God, but God's ready to receive us. So if that's where you're at, as Andrew said, go and get prayer. Go and be encouraged. Go and be blessed or bless somebody else. That'd be absolutely amazing. Well, it's great to have guests with us this morning. As I said earlier, I could see some unfamiliar faces. Hopefully when you came in this morning, you would have received one of our welcome packs. Within that welcome pack, there is something called a Connect card. And that just helps us know who's been amongst us this morning. Perhaps we can help you or you can help us or whatever. But we'd love to connect with you. So if we could ask you to complete it and put it in the gift and welcome gift and offering box over there on the table, that would be really, really helpful. As a quick reminder, as Christine said earlier, and as Andrew's also intimated, tomorrow night, ministry training to how to pray, not to pray with just ourselves, but to pray for others and to have that confidence to move in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. That's 7.30 here tomorrow night. Please try and come if you can. I think it will be a really uplifting and encouraging meeting. And then on Tuesday... Who knows, you may be able to put some out into practice because we have our hour of prayer here at Autumn Mortings at 8 o'clock. Again, it'd be great to see many of you there. And as Andrew said, if you would like prayer, whether you don't know God, you may not know who this, this, who this father is, we'd be happy to pray with you. Perhaps you do know, perhaps you need a new infilling of the Holy Spirit or perhaps you need it for the first time. Perhaps you don't know God come and get prayer so as i conclude just to say that out in the cafe area we will have refreshments and i understand our delta group are even supplying hot chocolate this week if you want something for a change and parents you've got about two minutes before you need to go and collect your children so thank you so much for being with us this morning we really hope you've enjoyed yourselves let's continue to be asking god fill me with your spirit we can't do it alone. We need to be plugged in continuously. So as we leave, 
ask him, be intentional at asking him. If you were a little child asking for a Christmas present, you'd be very specific. I think sometimes as adults we can forget that. But God encourages to come as little children to him. So let's do that as we leave here today. And hopefully we'll see you all next week. Have a great week.